What's up, Internet, and welcome to Persons of No Consequence. My name is Terry Smith, and today I'm going to be talking to my wife, Emily, who is a dental hygienist in training in school. I don't quite know the exact terminology. We'll get into that with her in a second. But first, I want to take a minute and thank all of our patrons that signed up over on patreon.com slash creations. Shout out to Chelsea, our first patron, and anybody else who wants to check that out. It is patreon.com slash creations. Stop by, check out all the exclusive content, drop a buck or two if you feel like it, get in with all of the early Patreons, uh, Patrons, 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 uh, get in with all the early Patrons and you can get a bonus sketch from us, customized just for you as a thank you for joining up early on. All right, now back to the show. Uh, hi. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. So you are Emily, right? Yes. My wife. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> you are a dental hygienist in training. Yes. Not certified yet. No. And uh, I am your faithful host, Terry Smith. This is Persons of No Consequence. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Or I'm sorry for listening, I guess. (laughs) So you're a dental hygienist in training. Talk about that a little bit. You're you're a mom. You're a wife. But first and foremost, you're a lady of business. (laughs) (laughs) So what's it like going to school with all of the other crap? (laughs) Right now, it's crazy, as you know, right, and with are well aware, with yeah. quarantine and the pandemic. Um, it started out crazy. It just got more crazy. <laughs> um. <laughs> so let's let's take it back like a little bit. Me and you met in college originally almost a decade ago now. Yeah. Crazy as it seems. Um, we did what most, you know, students do, which is quit. <laughs> we got married, went and got jobs. You went into uh, the nurse's aid field, right? A CNA? Yep, I was a CNA for several years. Yeah, and uh, I worked at a gas station because I'm a bum. Um, but we left there, we moved, and I got a job at a call center. You went back to work as a CNA for a little while, and then we had kids, and you were home with the kids, and then you were like, you know what? I'm done with this shit i'm going back to school i don't want to be and i want to touch people's teeth yes what is the driving factor there (laughs) what possesses somebody to go you know what i want to clean people's teeth that is my calling that is what i want to do day in day out for me it's easy right like i'm a writer it's easy i know i wake up i go i want to tell stories you wake up and you say let me touch them teethers like what (laughs) what is the motivation there um so it goes way back actually um to my high school years oh god you're touching people's teeth in high school no um i had a lot of problems with my teeth (laughs) and so i don't know i've just always been uncomfortable going into the doctor's office i've never really had any good experiences in that way as a patient from that perspective but but all of the dental professionals I've ever had any sort of professional relationship with were always positive. They were always just very excited to help me and help me feel more confident as a growing teen <laughs> without, you know, with missing teeth and braces galore. And um, I had to have a lot of surgeries. So I just was in and out of the dental offices all the time. And I remember thinking that that was something that I was interested in, and then I kind of lost that. Is it because you stopped getting teeth work done, or...? Yeah, I think so, and I think also just um, the artistic side of me really wanted to pursue that for a while, and And I kind of... And then the children beat that out of you, and you got married (laughs) to me, and you were just like, I'm done being an artist. Yes, and I think... (laughs) I think... (laughs) Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that there was a lot of lack in confidence there as well and it took years to build that back up for myself um 
And you can Not check that out over on our website. If you go to campykillcreations.com, you can check out all of Emily's sweet illustrations on the adventures of Lulu and Ronnie. She is amazing. They are awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think not to dive too deep into it, but my parents weren't really supportive about the arts and any sort of passion I had there. They really beat that out of me. I gotcha. So, so it, it was... took a long time for me to get back into that. But as soon as I went to college the first time, I just thought, like, this is my chance to pursue that. That was quickly shot down again by my mother. Ugh. But um, I'm sorry. After meeting you, you know that that drive and that confidence and that um, passion came back. So seeing how uh, stupidly uh, confident I am for no reason, I, I think there's a word for that. I think it's called hubris. <laughs> um, but like seeing that was like, oh, I guess I could do it if he can. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. It was. More than that. Okay. But, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> but anyways, I think there was always that little bit there. And I think I just put, I just kind of forgot about the dental field and the enjoyment I got being there. Um, and I fell into being a CNA just from, honestly, just from availability where we lived. That was just one of the few jobs that was yeah, we Decent. have right. We have gas station. You can be a mechanic. Um, you can be a lumberjack, or you can work at the nursing home. Those are your options. And I've always been good in those sort of situations. Um, you know, in the medical field, I've just always I don't know been comfortable working in that, working with patients, um, having the confidence to take care of people. Right. So I just I think I just became complacent for a long time working in that field, but it was sad i worked with a lot of alzheimer's and dementia patients and yeah. after a long time i realized that that just wasn't gonna do it for me um i know nursing was always on the table we had talked about it a lot and you just never wanted to pull the trigger because it was partly i know you talked about it, like a lot of responsibility on your hands but there also there wasn't just that love there wasn't that passion for it. you like taking care of you you liked helping because helping people feels good but I know you would come home, you're like, well, I wiped 45 butts today, and I got slapped. Like, I don't, like, yeah. this is not, you're, I, there was never, ever a moment, I mean, that, that's, that's too much hyperbole. There weren't many moments where you came home and you're like, I'm glad I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, it beats you down after a while. Yeah. And also, being a CNA, you see how nurses are treated. Yeah. And great. it's just, it's not good. And especially... I mean, their hours aren't good. You know, they work, they're mandated day in, day out. They yeah. work constantly for little reprieve. And so I just always thought, is it worth it? Is all that school worth it? And I just didn't think I would be happy. And eventually I came back around to being a dental hygienist. Actually, somebody that I was friends with and, you know, we just grew apart. She's a dentist now. And she really was like, you're an artist. There's a lot of, believe it or not, there's a lot of that drive in dental hygiene because of all the materials that you work with and the cleaning teeth. It's just you, the way you work with your tools is the same kind of hand muscles and memory and the way that you instrumentate, it's just very similar to painting and drawing. That's really interesting. Is it like from a creative side that there's there's a lot to it, like learning how to use a tool in a special way, or is it more like the dexterity, the way you move your hand it's is both. similar to both? Okay, it's both, um, and it's just very precise 
you know, movements. So she told me she thought I would be really good in that. And I did a little bit more research and I looked into it and I just kind of found that drive again. Um, I know it's always fascinating when you come home and you're like, I've learned, I've learned a new tool. Let me practice on you. Like, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Let you me know. use this pencil and show you how I would do it in your mouth. <laughs> it's, it's only fair. That's what I'm here for. What, what else, what else is a partnership really about than you being able to poke and prod inside of my mouth with random tools yeah. um, or facsimiles of tools? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, our daughter actually came in and she was one of my patients my first semester and she can't wait to get back in. I'm hesitant about that. Now. Yeah. Now. But um, I guess we can kind of I do uh, bring it home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like let's segue to that a little bit. Like what kind of precautions do you have to take now that we're in a pandemic and most of us are quarantined? You work in a clinic with with people like even though you're a student, you're at a practicing school. So you you actually practice on real patients. These people come in and not only are you instructed with a teacher and this is how you do something, but then you go and apply that to actual patients in a clinic is is that hard? Yeah, absolutely. Also, um, there's the two sides of it. Since the pandemic caused us to shut down for a while, there's that push for us to graduate on time. They want we have to see a certain number of patients per our college. Right. Um, so there's that drive to push us and get us in there more and more and more and see more and more patients. But then on the other aspect, it's we have to keep you safe. Right. While doing that, while pushing you. So they're trying to balance that the best they can. Um, within the clinic, they've installed a ton of air purifiers. You know, our system now is able to run. And honestly, they kind of overdid it with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know, like, you also wear, like, a hazmat suit when you come yes. in and out of there. Yes. Yeah, so starting there, I mean, we have all those new purifiers in place. And the, we also have individual units for each cubicle um but also they have you know the typical standard survey for anybody who enters the building they check your temperature when you get in the door pretty regular for places nowadays yeah but also we do more in-depth screenings with our patients and on top of that once we get in um we're expected to wear our typical mask and our safety glasses and our clinic coat. But on top of that, we wear um, a second mask underneath the N95. And then we switch out the top mask, the level one, two, or three, between every patient, every time we leave the cubicle, anytime we do anything. Uh, we have our face shields, and then we have an extra clinic coat, and then our gloves, and it just goes on and on. And then we always, we've always consistently placed barriers in our units but and I know you disinfect everything we disinfect all the time. everything all the time our hands are always dry and cracked and bleeding from the amount of times we wash our hands now I mean it, they were already that way it's just even more so right um I know I was so I'm sorry to interrupt I was so nervous when you said you were going back and then you showed me the gear and even like someone like me like 
immunocompromised so our kids were always worried we're kind of paranoid anyway so even if even if this wasn't as dangerous as it is which it is i think we would still be scared and when i saw your gear i was like that might be overdoing it a little bit <laughs> but that's awesome i i can feel safe that you're in there and you're covered and you're you're basically quarantined there too even right. though you're dealing with the public i'm really also quarantined to my specific unit yeah um they've split the clinic in half and so if you're on you know north or south you're not allowed to at all to cross over. over and you're not really supposed to leave your cubicle we now have all partnered up so instead of splitting us in half we're all together in the clinic at the same time and they've partnered us up so one is the clinician and one is the assistant the assistant stays outside the unit and can run and grab paperwork and everything like that we have arrows on the floor you can't go the wrong direction or be in a place you're not supposed to be because we also can't run our water ultrasonics because of the splash pack and everything well and the water particles yeah the droplets in the air the droplets and we're not allowed to run our polishers So now when we have a patient that's, you know, maybe a little bit on the heavier side of plaque and calculus, it's going to take... Floss people. It's going to take take a lot longer. And then um, as far as polishers go, you know, patients love that part. That's the nice, clean, shiny feeling you Mm -hmm. get at the end of the appointment. They don't get that anymore. (laughs) We have to do that the old-fashioned way. We use a toothbrush and it's kind of awkward to just be like, oh, I'm going to brush somebody else's teeth now. And um, they they kind of always look at us like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> that's the part I kind of want to segue into. Like, and not that we it doesn't have to be quarantine talk the whole time, yeah. but it is just fascinating. Like, you have to be in public. You still have to get your degree. You still have to go and learn the tools of the trade to go do this. Um, I want to get into more of the specifics, but I, what I really want to know is like, so what's it like brushing somebody else's teeth now like we have to brush our kids teeth uh or yes. help them brush now with our with our four-year-old um that was the first time i've ever brushed somebody else's teeth <laughs> and it is as weird and as intimate as like washing somebody else's hair like there is a level of trust that you have to come into play like to do that and <laughs> i don't know i get uncomfortable. i'm starting to sweat just thinking about that yeah absolutely it's it's definitely awkward, especially if you've never done it before. Yeah. For me, working as a CNA, yeah. I did brush people's teeth before. Not on this level, but I did take care of their teeth. I did learn how to take care of dentures and okay. stuff like that. Um, you know, not on the same level like I noted. Like in our clinic, we have ultrasonics that will run them through for us and that'll clean them most of the way. But learning all of those tools is new and brushing somebody else's teeth is very intimate scaling somebody else's teeth is even more intimate because they have to trust you to use those sharp instruments in their mouth I as always, a student i always feel like when i'm being scared i'm like right, what are you doing are you just scraping my teeth this can't be good for my teeth what are you doing like this this is gonna hurt and it just makes that weird noise and uh yeah like i'm starting to get uncomfortable i did <laughs> have a patient who told me she looked right at me and said not being rude I'm going to put my headphones in because I hate that sound. I hate it. It's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> That's what I say to our dentist when I go, I'm like, listen, you do what you got to do. I trust you. Headphones in. Do what you got to do. Every once in a while, he'll tap me and go, you need to have something removed. We need, we need to surgery you. Like. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely thought that that might be an issue for me because I can't stand those noises sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as the patient, it would freak me out and it would bother me sometimes. But just when to... you're in control. But in control, like you're so focused on 
doing it properly, it the noise doesn't really occur to you. And honestly, if you hear that noise, you're new, you know you're doing it right. I gotcha. So it's it's a different feeling. Um yeah, power hungry. I it's can see it. <laughs> You've gone mad. Well, well, we were talking I was talking with one of my instructors and it's she's like, We're definitely a weird breed because scraping off that plaque and calculus to us like to somebody who wants to do that it's cathartic it feels good to get it off like you you're like yes i'm doing it right you're like one of those people you'd pop my pimples get it if all I let clean you, you? probably oh god I, <laughs> i've never understood that like yes i understand the catharsis of yourself like when i brush my teeth and like oh there was something there was like a popcorn kernel mm-hmm. or something like yes that does i get the relief there but to somebody else like <laughs> why do you want to be in there that's their mouth that's not for you for me it's just I'm one of those people, like, it's so gross, but you can't look away. <laughs> and learning all the in-depth stuff about all the bacteria and stuff that grows in you're, your mouth. Like, like I want to help them. I want to get it out. The creepy smile on your face are like, the bacteria <laughs> in their mouth. Like, you're, like, salivating. What the hell? It's just you want to help people. And you see how bad it can get if it's left. I mean, and that's the other thing about this pandemic. These people... For our clinic, you know, we don't even take insurance, but our prices are so low. Yeah, it's like $20 to be seen, $30 to be seen, no matter what you're doing at the clinic. So. Yeah, it's very cheap. Um, and it's it's good for our population around us. They can come in and get their teeth cleaned if they either don't have insurance or can't afford x-rays or whatever the situation may be. And so... These people need to be seen. Right. You know, their teeth need to be taken care of. We have people who are, you know, they were on the verge maybe of losing some teeth. And we went through some, you know, scaling and root planing processes that maybe helped heal those tissues in their teeth. And they're so, if they don't come back in, it could just revert back. Yeah, just so you're, you're kind can, of doing a service there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's important that we're open. It's important that we're open to the public and that they can come and get treated. But... It's also very important to us. I mean, if we don't see patients, there's a chance that... They're not going to get that care elsewhere. No, they're not going to get that care elsewhere. And, you know, we need the experience before we get out into the field. Right. And our dentist expects us to know what we're doing. Right. And we are very unsure of ourselves right i mean you're students and it's nice to know like i know when people the people that i know that have gone since the pandemic like they they mentioned like how safe they feel in there because of all of the precautions that are being taken and how well the students treat them you know like it's it's again i was so worried i was so nervous about you going back and it's it's really nice the way that you specifically handle it not to mention just like the patient care sometimes um i know it can't always be the case you know you go get a bad haircut from from a beauty school like that kind of stuff happens they're a student it's a learning situation but also like you said it's affordable and it's safe and it's just nice to hear that um i guess what i want to go into next is what is a dental hygienist for people who don't know so like you know you have your dentist and you have a dental or an oral surgeon you have the dude who puts the braces on your teeth but where does a dental hygienist come in so basically you think like cnas and nurses the nurses are the ones who are doing all the paperwork, making sure they're, you know, getting their medications and their treatments, and they're doing, you know, all of, they have a higher education, but the CNAs are doing all of the running around and the stuff that... Is it too pejorative to say grunt work? Grunt work. Yeah, no. Okay. That's kind of, I think, the phrase I was looking for. Okay. Um, 
the stuff that's below their pay grade, the nurse's pay grade. Right, right. The dentist doesn't need to be cleaning the teeth. Right. The dentist needs to be diagnosing and, you know, giving that final say. He knows or she knows what's best. Um, the dental hygienist is there to our, you know, we clean the teeth. We do a lot of the procedures that can help heal and treat, but also our main job is to educate. So our main job is um, to stop anything from happening before it happens. I got you. So we're there to teach our patients how to take care of their teeth at home and continue that home care correctly so that when they come in, it's just a cleaning. It's just a simple, let me get some of these little areas that were hard for you to miss. Yeah, that's not the case usually. (laughs) A lot of people won't take that home, won't believe it, won't stick to it. They don't have the time for it, whatever it may be. But our job is to try and prevent whatever bacteria may grow or anything like that, anything that could get worse. Um, But on a day-to-day basis, I go through and I do a lot of um, just like, what's the word I'm looking for? Cleaning, preventative care? (laughs) No, um, I do a lot of like exams, like examinations of your mouth. So we check for oral cancer. We check all of your lymph nodes, all of your glands. We check all of your tissues to make sure that they're healthy. Um, We learn about your habits. I go through with an instrument and I check all of your bone levels between your gums and your teeth to make sure you're not having any heavy bone loss. We take x-rays and look through those, um, which can tell us a lot about your habits, your, you know, any decay, any problems you might be having, anything genetic that might be a problem, which was the factor for me, unfortunately, but it was caught too late. So you do like a fact-finding mission and then deliver that to the dentist. And we do all of that before we can come up, you know, and treat that specific patient correctly. We have to have all of our knowledge together before we can come up with a treatment plan. So, because everybody's different. So stop being annoyed by all the questionnaires when you go to the dentist. Like, it's for you. I will say that that is the hardest part within our clinic. Honestly, the pandemic is a lot, and all of these procedures and protocols that are new and in place are a lot. But our patients, having patients, (laughs) is... (laughs) is a huge factor and we just constantly have to remind them that it's a school yeah and we're still learning and but also those are the same questions that you get asked when you go to the actual dentist yes they are and, and not just like there are weirdos like you that like teeth and like well, i want to answer these questions and stuff but also they're not asking it for fun it's not fun for you to ask those questions like you have to have that to correctly treat these people yeah i have to know what they're doing what they're eating so i can tell them you know i don't want to tell somebody who has a perfectly balanced diet to quit eating sugar they're gonna look at me like well, I don't. So why would you tell me that? That's going out of your way. Like, right. and I feel they feel personally attacked now, and like, like I don't even know them. I'm trying to get to know them, you know. Um, or somebody might not even know what they're doing is bad for their teeth. Right. Um, we have a lot of people who drink lemon water, and they just they don't think about it. But so acidic, right? It's terrible for your teeth. You need to be. If you're going to drink it, that's fine, but rinse with regular water when you're done. There's lots of things you don't know unless we tell you, and we don't know to tell you 
Because we're not going to tell you everything that we've learned in school. Right. That's a waste of your time. <laughs> I, I want When I go to the dentist, I want them to list off what their final dissertation was on their PhD. And I want to make sure they know what they're <laughs> talking about. I guess that's one of my big things and why like I'm usually a pretty good patient when I go in. Because I don't really care. I don't want to know the ins and outs. They're the expert. Treat my mouth. Make sure you do the best I can. If I need to know something, let me know. Like, if I need to do something different or if I need to be aware of an issue, let me know. Other than that, I trust you. You're the right. one that has the schooling. And I know it's a little bit different because you are in school, so you are getting the schooling currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, is that one of your frustrations? Like, like the people not just trusting you but not believing you know what you're, you're doing yet? Absolutely. I mean, they look at us like... You know, sometimes when we tell them something, they, they'll they re-ask the dentist. <laughs> like um, you lie. Like I lied it. or like I just made something up and then they'll get the same answer. And then but how often do you make it up? <laughs> Never. <laughs> and if I'm unsure, I ask the dentist right. or an instructor. But um, no, they, it doesn't help that I have a younger face too. Yeah. I've gotten that since I started working as a CNA at 18. You know, my patients and residents would always say, Where's your mom? I'm going to call her because you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be here by you, yourself. You did have braces at 18, though. so Or uh, um, a, retainer. Sorry, a retainer. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, like, you did look a little bit younger. I did look young. And um, whenever they saw the wedding ring on my finger, they were like, you're married? You Where's your mom? You know, and they get <laughs> mad and not believe me or not think I could treat them and it's not as bad you know I do look a little bit older now we are almost 30 it is a little bit different (laughs) but they still look at me like I'm a teenager right you are also surrounded by teenagers a lot of the other people in your program are in their 18 yes a lot of them have figured out what they wanted to do a lot younger than me um (laughs) I think there's a phrase for that getting their shit together yes (laughs) they had it together I was getting it together uh, we have other shit together. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah people, um, my patients are always, you know, they'll want to talk about their kids and they'll ask sometimes like, oh, do you have any kids or anything like that? Um, when I tell them I have two, they're shocked. <laughs> they're always shocked. And um, it's just funny. It's it's another thing that <laughs> makes me believe that they don't necessarily trust me. <laughs> I guess let's talk about that for a second. So you are a mom. You you know, you do have other responsibilities. Is that hard going to school full time with two younger children? I know there are a lot of people who are jerks about it. Go, you should be home with your kids. Our kids are three and four. You were home with them 24-7 for a very, very long time. You know, for four years, basically. Is it hard going back to school with that, with, while having kids? It's absolutely hard. Um, just because I miss them. Yeah. That's the biggest that's the biggest thing but I will say it in a way it's been really good for me because I feel like I'm finding more of something for me Mm -hmm. you know I'm not just a mom right that's not your only facet of your personality yeah and for a long time I think I just got as much as many you know stay-home moms do you just start to become that yeah you mold you're just now an amorphous blob called mom I and make chicken nuggets and uh, decorate things. I'm just here for my kids. Right. Like, I'm just here. And I love my kids more than anything. But it has been nice to have some of that back for myself. And it's good for, you know, my confidence in myself and my self-esteem um, to find something that I'm good at. Amazing at. 
I would say super talented. Obviously, I'm biased. But it's so cool. Like, you found your calling. You know, not a lot of people can say that. Especially about a career that's not, like, 100% creative. Like, it's easy to go, oh, like, I've always wanted to be an artist. I wanted to draw stuff. I always wanted to be a writer. I wanted to tell stories. Like, people understand that as a calling. But sometimes when you see something that's different, when it's outside of those artistic aspects, you go, oh, that person, that's not, that's not their dream job. And you found your dream job. And I always think that that's so cool that you're like, this is what I want to do. And does that help go a long way, like, when it comes to it being does. away from me and the kids? and It does. When I first started, it was hard. Um, it's hard. It, the idea of a dream job and doing something for the rest of your life was always very daunting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought, like, how do I know? How can I just throw myself into something and know that that's what I'm going to want to do? And I thought... You know, I was always, I was a little skeptical when I started school and I started the program. I thought, you know, at least this is something I think I can see waking up and going to with a smile on my face every day. So maybe not like the best job ever, but you know, one that you can do. Yes. And now, yes, absolutely. I have a passion for it. I love it. Now that I'm in the clinic, I know I've made the right decision. But before it, I was unsure and I was unsure about, not being home with my kids, but at the same time, they're getting older and they're going to be in school full time soon. Yeah. And I did not want to be that person who just lived for my kids and now they're in school. And what do I do? I just sit at home and I haven't even rediscovered myself or found a passion in life. Like I I'm... believe that's why they invented QVC. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to be in and out of school before that happened. Right. And I wanted to have a career. Like I mentioned, nursing, the hours were rough. Medical, the medical field has always been, you know, something I thrived in. Under pressure situations, I feel like I've always been good in, especially in the medical field when it comes to dealing with patients. Yeah. And in some cases in my previous jobs, you know, keeping them alive. Yeah. It, I always thrived there. Does it help that this has less pressure? It's still in the medical field, but it's something you're, you're, you know, obviously more passionate about. But there's also, you know, people's life aren't necessarily on the line no. like you were when you were in a CNA, when, you know, when people's hearts would stop or, in, you know, any of those situations. Or, you know, you just watch people pass away from old age. That was a thing that you had to deal with. Is this easier in the sense where that does not happen? It's absolutely easier. It's a huge reason why I chose it over nursing. Um, it's less, the stakes are lower it's less pressure i still need to be on top of my stuff but it's definitely not like that yeah um i think that the hours are better and the pay is similar yeah that was always interesting to me did that factor into your like i know when you said you wanted to be a dental hygienist and i googled it and i was like oh yeah i can back you 100 percent yeah i mean i would back you no matter what but when i saw the pay is comparable to that of a nurse yes um i always found that fascinating because the the program is similar time-wise but not the same it's not as rigorous and it, it is less it's less schooling it's it's less clinic Nurses hours. are underpaid. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nurses are underpaid. Um, but it was, that was also a draw, you know, and I, a huge reason too that I wanted to go back and I wanted to do this. I want to be a contributing factor to my kids' futures and I wanted to be able to provide a better life than what I grew up with. Everybody should, I guess, 
want that for right, their kids. Right, right. In our opinion, I can't say maybe. everybody does, but no. in my opinion, everybody should want better than what you had. Right. Whether that's emotionally, whether that's financially. Right. But stability is important. And I wanted to provide that for our kids. And I didn't want all of the pressure to always be on you. Right. And I've always appreciated that. I know you see them. Like, I crack under pressure very easily. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you, you want to get a job? I back you 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's like, I, I just love you. Like, you want to be home with the kids? That You know, that's more time with our kids for our kids. And that was always super helpful. And I always, you know, made enough to, to you know, make ends meet. Um, but it's always, it's it's been not a dream necessarily. Like, I don't want to put you up on that pedestal. Sorry. <laughs> to like put all the pressure on you but it's always been a really cool idea or like when you're gonna finish school that will take the pressure off and it does open up some time because you know i am so obsessive with the more creative endeavors that we get ourselves into like the podcasts and the writing and the idea that you won't be miserable at work while i'm doing those things has always helped me go okay i don't have to feel bad like you yeah. didn't just get a job just so i could go write you no know? we've always been um partners yeah and we've always had that Since good we've always had that good back and forth nobody's ever just been the breadwinner it's always flip-flopped and we've always supported each other and that's super helpful that when i told you hey this is what i want to do you said yeah do it hell yeah i mean you're also you know we've always we've sometimes we've conformed to some gender norms just out of like necessity it's never been oh you're the woman you stay home and work all right you know you know you stay, you stay home, home and take, take care of the kids like that sometimes that happened but it wasn't because this is what needs to be done it no. happened almost naturally it, because it did because i was honestly at this point miserable with my job right and the pay was so low yeah. that it wasn't comparable to um a daycare no it wasn't worth it honestly for you to go to work and then us to put the kids in some sort of of care because what, what was the point when we were spending yeah. more on that than you what you made and i did the best i could when we had our daughter but yeah. when we had our son it just became too much for like it just wasn't worth it it wasn't worth it for me to be gone financially right I know a big thing for me that I always worried about before you were going back to school was if something happened to me, because my dad died when I was young. I was 14 when, when he passed away, and my mom had a hard time keeping everything up and running because, you know, we, you know she worked on a very small salary, and there used to be two. There was a combined income, and when he died, that was no longer there. I always worried about that for you. Was that something that kind of motivated you going back? I know you said you cared about their future for us to be more financially well off, like for both of us working, but was there ever a point where, like, if something happened to Terry, I need to be able to I step need, up the game? Yeah, absolutely. I just, I needed to be, I don't want to say independent, no, but, but no, that, that can be, yeah, like, that's an important thing. Even in a partnership, it's important to be independent, and that makes sense. Or, like, you didn't want to have to depend on me necessarily, like, if something happened, but also, just in general, like, people make mistakes. What if I got fired tomorrow, right? Right. If something happened, I needed to be able to step it up. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, my only, my only experience was with, a, you know, a nursing home. Right. You know, and... Those hours aren't necessarily conducive to being a single mother. No, they're not. And the pay isn't either. Right, right. So it just... I always felt bad that you... Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. It was a huge motivator. Also, I mean, my parents were divorced and my dad didn't contribute really um, after a while. And my mom was a single mom. So I knew the struggles of an only parent trying to provide for two kids. Right. And... It just wasn't pretty. Right. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of stress 
on everybody in that situation. Is it to, to like switch to something a little bit more lighthearted? Is there ever a moment where you're like, I'm going to make way more money than he ever did? <laughs> is there ever one of those moments? Because <laughs> like to, to shed some 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 light for my my day job before I started doing podcasting and writing and actually getting paid to do these things. I, I'm a technical writer. I work for large corporations and I write technical copy manuals and like processes. So when you call a call center and they're like, how do I do? And the operator is Googling it. They're looking at stuff that I wrote. That's that's the kind of thing that I that I often did in some analytics work. So it's not like, you know, I'm on an executive level hiring and firing people. Um, so is there ever a moment where you're like, yeah, this is what a real job looks like? <laughs> I don't think so. No? No, to be honest, like, it's it's exciting Yeah. that I'm going to go from earning nothing to earning what I will earn. Right. And enjoying it. Yeah. That's huge. Um, but never have I compared it to that in that way i got you so head. maybe that's just me yeah i think it's just you i think it's just your own insecurities <laughs> i'm not insecure. i'm so excited for you to, <laughs> to do that also like you said like the pressure it is super helpful and it's just it's always meant a lot to me that you cared that you saw how much pressure i was under and wanted to help alleviate that that's always been a really cool thing like you said in our partnership it's never felt like it was all on me but there have been occasions monetarily where it was mm -hmm. and so the idea that fiscally like it won't be just my responsibility i'm like that's awesome like that's always been cool and the idea that you're gonna get paid a fair amount of money for something that you love to do is just it helps me sleep at night yeah like that's just so exciting it's weird that what you want to do is clean people's teeth like i've i've never understood i let you poke and prod i let you explain it to me you use all the made-up words that you say is science but i don't believe it <laughs> um <laughs> but like it's so it's so cool that you're doing something that you love and not a lot of people can say that you know like including me like right now like now that i get paid to write it is awesome but i had it was pay to play for a little bit there it's like i had to like pay people to let me write things things and that's that sucks and you were like well like i like touching people's teeth so let me in let's do this yeah our kids are definitely sick of me um <laughs> let me look in your mouth uh no mom but uh spot on and <laughs> but but no i i'm excited about it and i'm excited to alleviate some of that pressure also a huge excitement for me is that it's gonna enable you to pursue more Right now with the pandemic, I mean, I'm I'm in there. Like I said, they're trying to get us in there more than what would have been required for us right now in the program. We're in there three days a week, full full time, full days, and that a lot of even more pressure at home is falling on you right now. Then because we have refused to send our kids back to school, and so we're homeschooling. You're working from home. You're working your day job. You're working. You know, you're doing writing, you're, you're drawing, you're just, you're putting out content constantly. And so I'm excited to be able to get out there and do what I want to do so that you can do what you want to do. Oh, that means so much, baby. And, like, I really appreciate that. And the, I do see it. And I appreciate all the hard work you're putting in because, man, these kids. Oh, <laughs> God. They I go to bed, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, I finish the script, I finish drawing, I add to the podcast, I go to bed, it's like 3, and they wake me up at 6, and they just want to watch the loudest 
most crazy cartoons. Like my son woke me up the other day. Our son <laughs> woke me up the other day. Uh, I, you know, sometimes like, I talk to guests on here. It's like my son. They yes. don't. They don't know who Ben is. My son Ben. You know, our son Ben wakes me up and he goes, "Daddy, robot trains." <laughs> I go, "Okay, that's a phrase. Is that a show? Is that a book? Is it a is game? A, is it a game? Is it a story you made up? What What is robot trains?" And he was like, "Daddy." robot trains <laughs> again and he just it just would, it would shake me and shake robot trains i'm like okay use your words what do we do what is robot trains she's like it's a show okay cool we've narrowed it down i was like what's the name of it it's not called robot trains what do i do turns out that is 100 the name of the show it's on amazon prime <laughs> he knows his stuff he knows his stuff and it is this full like melodramatic action-packed anime like style show but it's done in like, 3d animation so it's this crazy, like, it looks like Cars, or if you've seen um, Super Wings, it looks like that, but it's with trains. So these trains transform, but there's the dark trains that go on the underground railroad that they have to fight. And um, they, they're they evil. They have red eyes. That's how my son tells me. The, the ones that are underground have red eyes, and they're evil, and they've taken over the underground railroad, which is not the underground railroad you're thinking of. It's a very different thing. Um, but it's like, essentially, the subway cars are evil, and they're trying to take over the top rails and they transform into robots and fight transformer style it's crazy and that's that's my morning that's what i wake up to at six o'clock i'm morning. hungry i'm thirsty and i want to watch a show yeah every day every day and then of course because you know i'm i'm dad so it's like well i have to limit the tablet you can't watch it all day we have to do school because you're being homeschooled so let's bring out the english books let's learn some math and that's not always the fun thing to do that's not always what the kids want to do at 7 a.m i know it's not what i want to do at 7 a.m as i clock (laughs) into work i'm like okay so i need you guys to work on this this math problem and i need you to read this line and copy these down so when i come back from my morning meeting at 7 a.m I got to see where you've progressed. And that's just not what a four-year-old and a three-year-old want to do. Especially when they're home alone, like home with dad. Like that used to be a treat because I I didn't work from home. So if I was ever home and was home with dad, it was like, oh, Without me here. Exactly. We're watching cartoons. We're eating cereal. We're playing video games. Like it's going to be awesome. And now it's like, why is dad the worst? Like why, (laughs) why is he making me read this Dr. Seuss book 45 times until I have it memorized? So I'm just, I'm excited for that portion. And I, I love being home and it actually is cool teaching them. It's cool to see your kids learn, but also I love English. I'm a writer. So it's just cool. I'm like, this is what these words mean, how you combine them. Do you, I guess, not to end on a two of a somber note, do you miss being the main one home with the kids? Is that something that bothers you that now I'm doing it? So to start out positively, yeah. <laughs> in a way, it's great to see them and you and them closer on the level that we were when I was home all the time. Right. It's cool to see them trust you in that way with those things. Because before it was always, you know, you would offer and they'd say, well, I want mom to do it. Right. There was just that bias there, right? Right. And so it's great to see that they, that relationship is different. And it has been for a while. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard that I'm not here and I'm not the one always teaching them and, um, caring for them and sometimes you know I hear stories later or I'll see them do something and I'll say did you know that they did that and you're like yeah they've been doing that for weeks (laughs) sorry that that hurts a little but you know that's gonna happen with me going back to work and everything when I'm out of this program that's always gonna be the way it is they're gonna keep growing no matter what we're doing sadly we can't there's no 
there's no medicine that we can medicine in quotations there's no vaccine for growing that we can give them to keep them poodle sized forever right and we weren't born rich so i'll i i can't just stay home with them all day long we were born rich in ideas emily okay <laughs> some would say that's more important yeah some would say poor people would say that <laughs> no rich people might say that i do like it is always really really fun when a one of our friends who are a little bit more well off or other people that we know tangentially or even fans you guys have written in and said like oh it's so cool that you guys are trying it's like i always get the try and mark i'm like listen motherfucker <laughs> yes we are trying but you don't need to say it like that you know what you're doing but we are trying and it is you really sounded a little like john mulaney there <laughs> It just comes out when you're old and white. That's just what you sound like. You, you turn it. You, you sound like an ant. That's what happens. <laughs> you sound like somebody's ant. That's just the the mentality and the way that you talk. That's what happens. You slowly morph. Um, but it is really nice that you're going back to school. Thank you so much for coming and telling us these stories about it and giving me more insight. I know I hear about it, but I don't listen. You know, when you come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I listen. I promise. I don't believe all the things you're saying because you just make up science words a lot but i mean yeah and i definitely don't have as many crazy stories as i had from my old jobs right right which I being would... a cna was always pretty crazy yeah and i'd be happy to tell some of those stories but yeah we'll, we'll do that on another podcast you can come on can't be killed confessions and you can yeah. tell me how many butts you've wiped and how many times you've walked in on noctogenarians doing it and you know how many different <laughs> just crazy things have been said to me and the different ways that i've been approached and for sure for sure um so if you liked all of this stuff you can check out our patreon can't be killed creations or no sorry patreon.com slash can't be killed creations and you can pledge a dollar back you know however much money you want and you get bonus content more episodes like this early episodes like this customized stuff just for you and if you pledge enough one of our first goals is to launch a podcast with just me and my wife called i show my wife stuff and you can hear more of this but probably a little bit more arguing as we talk a about, lot more arguing a lot more arguing about the shows that she doesn't watch or the shows she's trying to get me to watch and vice versa um so you could check that out over on our patreon and if you like this in general not as not enough to give us money for you can head over to our website campykillcreations.com we have all of our other podcasts over there we have one for almost every day of the week we have our web comics like the aforementioned the adventures of lula and ronnie which emily draws and it looks awesome and then if you want to see a little bit worse art but more dnd centric you can check out d and do this i draw and write that one um it's about you know it's like sunday comic strip and you know people roll dice and shenanigans ensue um and you can email us your questions comments concerns uh spam mail at campykillcreations at gmail.com Follow us on all of the social media, Can't Be Killed Creations or Can't Be Killed Creations Pod. I'm at Resident Stevel on everything. You can find me on most video game websites too if you want to join up on Epic and play some spell break with me or jump into some of the, of the Avengers. I'm at Resident Stevel there too. Send me an invite. I'm not good. I will warn you right now. Um, Emily, do you want to plug anything? <laughs> no, just you know, help us out, guys, if you feel like it. We're doing this because we love to do it. Yes. and. Um, we can continue to put more content and out content out if um you know you help us out 
yeah, it, it, it is wonderful. Like, it's great. If you, if you pledge money, you know, we send you lots of special stuff. But it keeps the lights on, literally. Uh, you know, having the lights on for the podcast studio, that's expensive. You know, feeding those kids that we mentioned. Like, they're a lot. Those tablets are expensive. The the shows they watch, not cheap. Amazon Prime, that's like 100 bucks a year, guys. Okay? Just saying. Just throwing that out there. You know, like, if you want to hear me rant about more robot trains, you, we got to keep this train going, okay? <laughs> um, but this has been Persons of No Consequence. Thank you for listening, and we're out. Yeah,